Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and we are celebrating New Year's here on the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, we've got an amazing show for you today because we are closing out season number two. We have spoken to so many awesome guests that we wanted to bring you a little bit of a best of show to get you inspired to lead with your brand towards your next career breakthrough in 2022. But before we jump in and hear from some of our favorite guests, I wanted to talk a little bit about closing out the new year and beginning 2022. Now, this is a great time to hit the reset button on your career. And quite frankly, there has never been a better time for you to make a move and create that next career breakthrough. If you have been looking to shift your career, if you've been looking to try something new, if you've been looking to just expand your role, now is the time. As we look at living in this post-COVID world, or where we're hoping getting close to a post-COVID world, and the great resignation, now is an awesome time for you to reevaluate what your amazing talents are, what your key passions that you want to feed are, and what are those industry, market, and business needs that you can fulfill. This is your time to grab everything by the handles and make a big move. Now, I'm not saying just jump ship from your job, but this is a great time to really think about what is it that you want to do in 2022? Because right now, as an employee, there's a lot of great opportunity out there. So I would sit down and reflect on this last year. I want you to think about what are those three or four things that you are most proud of accomplishing and most importantly, why? Why are you proud of accomplishing those things? What was the impact that you had? What did you love doing on those key projects or accomplishments? How was it feeding your passion? And how were your talents and key strengths involved Or even better yet, what key talents and strengths did you learn over the course of the year? As you reflect back, it's really all about looking forward. How can you apply those great strengths and those great passions to needs that are out there in your company or in the industry at large? Your next step is to really think about where you want to go. And this year, I'm going to ask you to dream a little bit. 
We've got some downtime as the new year approaches. Dream a little bit, and I want you to think about December 31st, 2022. Where is it that you want to be at the end of the year? What does that look like from a career perspective? What does that look like from a sense of accomplishment standpoint? What does it look like from a fulfillment standpoint in terms of what's most important to you, both in work as well as life? Now's the time to dream because now you can plot backwards. In January, what are one or two things that are going to help get you closer to where you want to be at the end of 2022? And I'm going to give you a big hint. This is all about having great conversations with people. You can't just secretly desire something. Let people know that you want to work on a new project. Let people know that you'd like to learn some new skills. Let people know you'd like to take on some projects that maybe in the past you would never be considered for until you start putting yourself out there and having that great conversation, it's never going to come. But again, now is the time to make a huge career breakthrough in 2022, as quite honestly, all of business resets in this brand new world. Well, we've got an amazing show where we're talking with some of my favorite guests. We're talking with my old pal, Paula Madison, the former chief diversity officer from NBC Universal. We're going to talk to Nawal Fakori, my bestie who works over at LinkedIn as the director of employee experience. We're going to talk to Koshe Irby, the CMO of the Professional Bull Riders Association. And we'll be back in just a few moments with our 2021 Greatest Hits. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. We are going to revisit some of our most popular fan favorite conversations over the past season throughout 2021. Now, you know, I always kick off our conversations with our guests, asking them how they would introduce themselves when they first meet people at a social event or a networking event. And I always love to hear the answer because quite frankly, it is all about making that amazing first impression. You never have a second chance to make that first impression. So let's hear this elevator pitch from my old buddy, Nawal Fakori, who is the director of employee experience over at LinkedIn. Noel, let's jump right in because I want to know from you, you are a networking queen. So when you <laughs> first meet people, when you first kind of interact with people, how do you explain to them who you are and then what is it is that you do? Oh my goodness, such a fun question. So I'm somebody that is known around for the day-to-day as the LinkedIn cheerleader. So I work at LinkedIn, like you said, been there for almost seven years, but the title LinkedIn cheerleader was actually bestowed to me by one of the new hires about like four to five months in. And he caught me in the cafe and said, you know who you are? You're just our cheerleader. You cheer us on, you cheer the company on, you do it in these walls, you do it out there on the platform. Thank you for being our cheerleader. 
And I thought, well, that's stuck. So I turned it into my LinkedIn headline and that very quickly became what I was known for and hopefully the experience that I aimed to create for people. So when I'm walking around and these networking type opportunities or virtually joining in on calls, it's really about kind of sharing that I try and make work not feel just like work. And it's not just me, but it's an amazing team that tries to make every day feel like a full-on experience and feeling like our culture is something that you can touch, you can feel rather than just hear and talk about. So that's how I try and get people to at least lean in a little bit. (laughs) And then we take it from there. Then I make it all about them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I love this whole notion that this is something when we think about our own professional brands, right? This is about you really listening to your your customer, right? Your career audience, because it was something that someone that had experienced you said, and then you really made that work, right? You made it stick and, uh, and, and resonate. Wow, I just loved reconnecting with Noelle. And check out her episode, which is chock full of tips on building your brand, leveraging LinkedIn. Now, sometimes you need to navigate the waters with your introduction, especially when you're in the world of politics. Now, I sat down with my good old friend, Congressman Mark Takano, and he walked me through how he talks to people in this day and age of divisive politics. Congressman Takano, tell me, when you meet someone for the first time and they don't know who you are, how do you introduce yourself and what you do? If someone doesn't know me, we'll just start with a name basis. And then obviously I'm prepared for the question. And uh, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a congressman. Uh, I'll just be straightforward. I won't try to hide it. And that usually elicits a really a kind of, a, you know, the eyebrows get bigger. And it's yeah. most of the time... Even if they're a person that normally dislikes politicians or whatever, usually the reaction is positive. And then the next answer, the next question might be, well, what party are you? And then that, that's where it could go. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> I, I mean, I remember when I was running for Congress and I met one of the, uh, my, my brother is, is in North Carolina and he married a North Carolina a woman and they're in the South and, and this is just a, like six months before, actually a month before I declared. And Aunt Betty was from Alabama. And Aunt Betty asked me this line of questions. And what do you just, you know, your mama says you're in politics. And, um, and I, said, yes. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, she says, oh, well, what political party are you affiliated with? And I said, I'm a Democrat. And she said, oh, a Democrat. What happened there? now i had a laugh out loud time talking with jill kargman who is the author and star of the tv series odd mom out which is now streaming on peacock now jill talked all about navigating the waters of new york's upper east side so let's hear how she introduces herself so, Jill, I know that when you walk down the street, people probably recognize you from TV or, or from a, a book jacket. But when you're like at a cocktail party pre-COVID time and, and you meet new people, you know, how do you introduce yourself? How do you tell people who you are and what you do? Well, first of all, I very few people will come up to me. I would say in New York more, sometimes you know, in other places. But I, as a middle-aged woman, you're definitely kind of invisible. It's not like... Oh, you're a starlet. You know, I, I'm like on a 
canceled basic cable TV show. And I'm 46. <laughs> like, that's not exactly like begging for selfies, but I feel like I have such a good balance of like a, the right level ex- of exposure. Cause usually when people stop me, they're really cool and they're people I would probably be friends with. I don't, I'm not like a freak magnet, which is great. Whereas I feel like people who are famous and really get stopped, they, it impedes their lifestyle. I just get like a free dessert once in a while. If I meet somebody new and they say, what do you do? I, I, well, I live on the Upper East Side. So most people just assume you're a stay-at-home mom. If a man asks, which they rarely do, um, and I don't care, like I just, just keep asking about their finance life in Wall Street world. And then, you know, if they ever say, and what do you do? Which again is rare. I say, I'm a writer. And then they'll say, what do you write? And I say, oh, books. And I had a TV show. And then that, that they might be interested, they might not be interested, but I really don't like get defensive about it because I have my own life and I don't really get <laughs> it. But um, it's funny. I, I definitely feel like being 46, you just don't care. Like I'm not thirsty at all. I don't, you know, I feel like when you're younger, especially as a feminist, you feel like, oh, all the men are talking about careers and no one asks you anything. They just assume you're there as a plus one of your husband. And now I really, I just don't care. I just sit there and like, you know, have my champagne and try to get through the party. Wow. Jill is super hilarious. You have got to listen to her episode. Go back on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast episodes to hear her show as she talks all about how she has grown her career to become a best-selling author, a TV star, and even an executive producer. Now, when you are thinking about your own career direction, I've always found it's so helpful to hear the career journeys of others. You know, I always ask people to talk about some of their career breakthroughs and oftentimes what some of the challenges have been. I sat down with Koshe Irby, the CMO of the Professional Bull Riders Association, and learned how he fell in love with sports and found an early way to make his passion his purpose and his career. I love football, but I kind of just think I want to do some other things. So long, you know, I get into this where I'm like, but I want to teach people how to play the game. So I get into this business where I launch Koshe Irby Fit Kids Camp. And, and so this whole thing was a crack up, but uh, so so basically I went to a lot of these middle schools where these these overzealous parents are trying to get their kids the upper hand and 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 physical training and whatnot. And so I said I will have a specialized camp for your kid that are going to learn from some of the best in the business. So I signed up track, I signed up strength training, I signed up football, basketball, I signed up golf. And so I had all these kids are going to come to Coach Every Fit Kids Camp to get this training. So then I go and get student athlete friends who sp- who are the best in their sports with so a cross country person. I paid them to go lead my cross country camp. I paid a strength coach to go do this. I held all of this at the university of Memphis campus. And so we, we, we this thing made me a lot of money. This camp was actually really lucrative. Come <laughs> to find out that was a major NCAA violation because you can't use <laughs> your, your name like and likeness to benefit, you know, 20 years ago. Now today with the NLI, they can do a lot of different yeah. things, but back then they couldn't. So they shut my entire business down. My operation was gone, but I still got one summer in, but I was hooked to the business size of sports. And so long story short, I ended up, I, I graduated from uh, the University of Memphis, my MBA, and I had about four job offers. 
And speaking of sports, you know that I am obsessed with the Olympics. Now, I had the chance to bond about the Olympics with Louis Vega, the president of Dow North America, when he shared about his time having the opportunity to lead Dow's Olympic efforts and really found the intersection of science and sports. So tell me a little bit what it was like working for Dow in support of the Olympics. It was meeting the, Olymp- the Olympians. It was hearing their stories, frankly. And, and the Paralympics was just, it was just story after story of how individuals overcoming challenges and, and, and that drive and that heart to succeed. I, I loved meeting our Olympians and Paralympians because when I thought I had a hard day um, at work, I, I would remember these, these stories of challenge, these stories of overcoming, these uh, stories of perseverance. And I would pull from that energy. And they're so humble and inspirational. And I just loved hanging out. Um, I just loved hanging out with them and trying not to geek out. And it allowed me to be this little kid from New Mexico who was odd. And um, it, it was a great time. Now, for many, that career breakthrough is a turning point where you often have to make tough decisions, juggling the intersection of what the business needs, what your amazing talents are, and making sure that you're fulfilling your own passions. I sat down with journalist Jack Rico, who is the awesome host of both the Highly Relevant as well as the Black and Brown podcast to learn about when he knew that he had to make a bold change if he was going to grow his career career and break out beyond Spanish language media. So around 2008, I quit. I just felt like I had reached the ceiling of my industry in Spanish. And so many people were like, you know, English, what are you still doing at Univision? Go and try and make it into the big leagues, you know, mainstream national television in English. So I had to kind of wrap my head around that. And finally, I said, yes. And the only way to do that was to quit because the urgency is when you quit, not when you're in the job looking for another job. You're too comfortable. You got to do, you got to rip it out, out of the root. So I said, I'm ripping it out of the root and I'm heading straight to what I want. Laser focus. So about three months later, VH1 calls me. We're starting a brand new morning show and we're looking for a film critic. At that point, I had already left Weather Entertainment Anchor and I had I was formed, I was I was a part of this organization called the Broadcast Film Critics Association, which is now the Critics Choice Awards. And they were starting a brand new morning show, VH1, and they wanted a film critic from the CCAs that lived in New York and that had some sort of TV experience. And I said, I got a lot of TV experience. So when I got in there, <laughs> They were like, hey, you seem to know what you're doing. Can you start next week? And that was my crossover. So a lot of that was uh, was luck. I was at the right place at the right time. It came looking for me. But I took advantage of the opportunity. Again, I suffer from anxiety. It's one of those things that I just can't help. I don't crave the television screen as much because of that anxiety. But I'm constantly overcoming my fears, Jason. And I'm not sure if you've ever been through this. I'm sure you have. It's what do I do when I'm crippled with anxiety and I, and I don't think that I can do it. So a lot of my life, my journey, my adventures is really based on overcoming fears 
every single step to reach a position that no one in my family has ever reached and that barely anybody in my circle of friends has reached. And I think that those fears can be crippling for a lot of people. But for me, it was something that through strength of character, I overcame. Now, speaking of fearless, I reconnected with the fabulous and amazing Paula Madison, chairman and CEO of Madison Media Management and 88 Madison Media Works, who shared why she chose not to retire as the general manager of NBC's flagship New York TV station and instead decided to re-up and drive a diversity and inclusion agenda at NBC Universal. One day I was the general manager of the TV station. Jeff Zucker, who was the CEO, he called me in and asked me if I would consider becoming chief diversity officer. And I said, no. And he said, well, I mean, you're right now, you're like you're co-chairing the diversity council. I said, I know, but you know, that's like, I'm, I'm Jamaican. We have 50 jobs. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with doing that, <laughs> but, but, but taking on that role is, is a job that puts me in a position of being a consultant. Mm. And I'm not going to spend all my time trying to advise these people to do things. And so that was that. And then probably two weeks later, maybe a week later, Don Imus, you know, the radio talk guy, mm-hmm. called the Rutgers women's basketball team nappy-headed hoes. Mm-hmm. And that's how I went from being a general manager to the chief diversity officer. Because instead of retiring early, I went back to Jeff Zucker and said, after, I think at that point I'd been in the company maybe 18 years. Yeah. I said, if this is where we are, this is where we find ourselves. And we have this much more to go. I'm going to take this job provided. And here, here were the provisions this company says goodbye to Don Imus and that the position you're referring to reports to you and only you, the CEO, no dotted line to HR, no dotted line to legal. Nope. I only report to the CEO. And at the time, our uh, parent company was General Electric. And I said, and I would like for it to be a GE company officer job. It has a large enough portfolio. It's an enterprise-wide job. It should be a company officer. And the response was, well, what do I say when, you know, people say, well, Don, I misapologized. I mean, why do we have to say goodbye? And I said, well, thank God we live in the United States of America. People have freedom of speech and right to work situations where person violates company policy, you can say goodbye. That's Mm -hmm. one. Two, he said, yeah, the position would report only to me. Great. And three, well, I don't make that decision. It's Jeff Immelt, who was the chairman of GE, who would make that decision. And I said, okay. He said, so so that's not my decision. I said, okay, well, then go ask him. (laughs) 
Now, of course, when you're developing your own brand, it's all about being able to describe yourself. And you know in the Lead With Your Brand system, I talk about brand attributes, which are all of those descriptive words that really share who you are. Like I always talk about being Hollywood and a showman and a super connector. And it's all about the brand foundation where you make those declarative statements about who you are, what you believe, and what it is that that people can turn to you for. I love asking people to describe their professional brands. Let's kick off with Cameron Dillavu, who is the global head of Amazon Prime Video go-to marketing strategy, where she talks all about having to define what her brand is. Talk to me as a brand marketer and a brand manager. How would you describe your brand as Brand Cameron? Yeah, so first of all, Brand Cameron is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so when you ask me to do this, I ask my husband, what do you think my brand is? And he goes, it's getting done. And I go, no, that's every woman who's ever lived. That is not my brand. <laughs> Preach. Pretty okay. So um, that's just like baseline. I think, you know what, I... I I don't think it's, I don't think it's wholly ownable as my personal brand, but I do think that's something that when I think about maybe what's different about me in a lot of settings or unique is that I really am not afraid to be pretty vulnerable and authentic and admit that I don't know things and sort of ask a lot of questions. And it took a long time to build the confidence to go in and look vulnerable and like I might not have all the answers. And so I think when I think about kind of the way that I that I work, and it also comes from working globally, there's such humility that you have to have because you're never going to know more about another place than the person who lives there or the customer yeah. that lives the experience. Right. So you really have to come from this place of just being so curious and learning and just acknowledging that you're not there with a bunch of answers. You might have a lot of experience that you'll bring to the table to help you ask good questions and to help move the discussion or the decision to the next level, but no one has all the answers. And so to come in and, you know, sort of say that, I think for a woman is actually a little unique because for so long, women had to be you know, twice as convicted and twice as, you know, tough in their recommendations and show this backbone and, and to not do that, I think is different in a lot of circumstances. I also had the chance to reconnect with my old pal, Pooja Vora, who's the EVP of marketing and brand strategy over at Showtime. Let's check out how she describes her brand. I would say, I think I'm tough. That's first for me. And I think I'm tough for a few reasons. Uh, I'm tough on myself. I feel I, I'm constantly trying to improve myself, better myself, get better, get smarter, work harder. And that can be hard, I think, for everyone around me because I hold everybody else to the same standard. I think I'm tough because I can be very direct. I'm very transparent. I don't, I don't, not that I don't sugarcoat. I try and think about how to deliver hard messages, but I, I certainly... I'm not shy about speaking my mind of thinking or thinking about how can this get better or how can we think differently about this? So I think that can be the hard part. The other things that hopefully are my redeeming qualities are I fight hard for my teams. I fight hard for the people and I fight hard for them 
I hope not just in the ways of them learning and growing and innovating under me, because it's one thing I say to all my teams always is we sometimes spend more time at work than we spend at home. And I want to make it count. I want our years together to make you to have made you, you know, smarter, better, more poachable, more, more desirable in the job market. So I would say I'm direct. I am, I am, I, I push hard. I strive hard. Um, and I think I'm, I think I'm constantly curious. I'm trying very hard to learn. And I think I'm not scared of saying, I don't know, or can you tell me how you got to that? Or this doesn't, you know, can you kind of help me with this? Because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not at your level in terms of your particular area. And I think, I hope that that gives people permission across the board to say, oh, we can ask those same questions. Yeah. Too. Nobody has to know everything. Yeah. Now, we kicked off 2021 talking to my old pal and fellow board member at the Los Angeles LGBT Center, celebrity chef Susan Feniger, who you have seen all over TV and probably dined at her amazing restaurants like Border Grill and Socolo out in Las Vegas and right here in Los Angeles. Here's how Susan talks about her brand as a chef. Give me three words that describe you as both a, a, a chef and a business person. I, it's probably, I probably have said it, but I think passionate, respectful, and crazy hardworking. Mm. Passionate, respectful, and crazy hardworking. Talk about the respectful piece, because that's not something that feels on brand for most chefs when we get a glimpse into a, a kitchen. I feel that it's so important to be respectful for whether it's the dishwasher or the VP of operations, whether it's the chef or a line cook, front of the house server, that I think it's so important to treat people the way you would want to be treated and to, and I think that people want to do a great, people, I think in general, people want to do a great job. And I think they take their lead from their boss. So to me, you know, everybody is a critical part of the team. I also have the chance to sit down with Katie Sue. Now, when we talked, she was the SVP and head of growth marketing at HBO Max, and she's recently made a big change as the chief marketing officer of KiwiCo Inc. Here's what Katie had to say about her brand. So let's talk a little bit about your brand as an executive. What are, what are three words that you would use to describe your brand as a leader? Curiosity. Mm. resilience, purpose. Purpose. So talk to me about curiosity. How, how do you bring that as an executive, right, who leads big teams? How do you bring something like curiosity to the, the forefront of who you are? I have always been a knowledge seeker. If I could be a student for the rest of my life, I probably would. And so why not make my career the opportunity to be a student of the universe? Um, I still, you know, in the very little time that I have, I'll still try to learn new skill sets. I do a lot of reading. I take a lot of classes for fun. I think all of it is just the pursuit of being the best version of myself and how that impacts leadership. I look for people who are also curious. 
I look for people who mm. also pursue something that is different. And there's a philosophy I use on all of my teams, which is it doesn't matter what your title it is or what it is that you do. The best idea in the room always wins. And I actually think there's something really great yeah. about being able to say, use your voice. Any idea is a good idea. Just bring them. And I would rather dream big and pull back than to not dream at all. And I think having curiosity allows you to do that on a personal and a professional life. Now, you all know that we close out the show asking some fun, quick-fire rounds of questions. I am obsessed with asking people what type of car they would be. Now, if you have not done this activity, do it right now. Think for yourself, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? I know that I would be a Jeep Wrangler and not some crazy, dirty old Jeep Wrangler. I would be a fun, colorful, sassy, fast, showy Jeep Wrangler, kind of like Cher in Clueless, driving around Beverly Hills, honking the horn with the top down and looking fabulous. When you are able to talk about what type of car you would be, it really helps you get outside of yourself and find that analogy that is going to help you unveil what many of those brand attributes and elements of your brand foundation are. So let's hear some of our favorite types of cars that folks would be. I had a chance to sit down with Michelle Alban, who is the VP of Communications and Social Impact over at Viacom CBS Networks Americas. Let's hear what type of car she is. And Michelle, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? I know everybody has said Tesla, but I would be a Tesla, but I would be a Model Y Tesla. Ooh, wow. Which is adventurous, but it's you know innovative, and it's also thoughtful of the environment. I also chatted with Kelly Edwards, who is a self-proclaimed recovering TV executive and author of the fabulous new book, The Executive Chair. Now run out and get this book if you are looking to make it in the writer's room and be able to pitch amazing stories to Hollywood executives. Let's hear what type of car Kelly Edwards is. I love the Chevy Bolts because they are hybrids. And... When it runs out of solar power, I can still keep going. So I think it very much represents me. I'm also an organic farmer. We have solar on our house. We compost. I'm incredibly crunchy granola <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'm also a prepper, a mini prepper. So I do have go bags everywhere. I'm a little bit of that nutty person who is afraid that the world's going to end, but I'm desperately hoping that it doesn't. So, and I think that car is the perfect example because if I need to, I can get the heck out of Dodge out of the city as quickly as possible. And if I run out of solar juice, I still can go on gas. Mm. So that's, that's exactly, that's my personality. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I reconnected with my old USC Trojan roomie, Rita Drucker, who is the head of marketing partnerships at Boom Supersonic. Let's hear what Rita said she would be as a car. Now, Rita, if you were a car, what type of car would you be? You know what? I'd probably be a Volvo, like a Ooh. mom car. Like, I'd yeah. be dependable. I'd have, like, sleek lines, and I'm I'm current, I'm modern, but I'm 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 dependable and I'm a, I'm I'm a, I have value for the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And finally, I love the inspiration that comes from hearing the best career advice from each of our guests. I have personally learned a ton this year from each of these successful people, and I hope you have too. Let's hear from a couple of our favorite folks and their career advice. Let's start out with Oswald Mendez, who's the CEO and co-founder of New Majority Ready. What's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? I think two. Be fearless about the decisions that you want to make and trust your instincts. Um, the second one is don't ruminate on the past. Ooh. Because you can never go back in time, or at least not now. So rumination about past decisions, it's, it just takes you down a rabbit hole that you shouldn't go down. I also sat down with my old friend from Comcast, Susan Jin Davis, who is now the social impact officer over at Al Roker Entertainment. Let's listen in on her best advice. What's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners, Susan? Best career advice um, that I can pass on to others is do what you have to do. And the context of that was when I had my little child and she was in kindergarten and I had to leave work early. And I wrote a very long email to my manager that said, I have to leave early. I have to pick up my child at kindergarten. I will be back on email. I will be available on cell. I will be on my computer. I will work later at night. Da, 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 da. And, and she both wrote back to me, I never want you to write an email like this again to me. Just do what you have to do. And that really stuck with me because do what you have to do at work, but do what you have to do in life as well. Yeah. Just get it done. And that released me to release others. See, that's the beautiful thing about, about this chain reaction, right? Kindness is a chain reaction. Those, those kinds of things that give you permission creates a, a chain reaction in myself. Now I'm going to do that to anybody that's working for me or who's around me. So that was really great career advice. And finally, I sat down with Flavio Morales, who's the EVP of Endemol Shine Latino. Let's listen in on his best career advice. Your path in your career is not a straight line. And, and I see a lot of folks, and I have to say, especially writers that feel like, oh my God, you know, I'm not getting any work or I'm not doing anything. So it's like, well, what else can you do with what you know? Can you go into publicity? Can you go into marketing? Can you go into advertising? Um, you, you know, opportunity has come, but it's also about survival. And if you can create a LinkedIn, you can reach out to people. I actually challenge kids, go into LinkedIn, create a LinkedIn, and tell me what companies you would like to work for. And if it's a and and if and if you're Latino, look at the Spanish surnames at that company <laughs> and literally like poke them and be like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I would love to understand what it is. I think I'm like, I literally want to say like 99% of the people that I've given that job to or that task have come away with some contact at some place. Mm, that's awesome. 
Well, I can't believe what an amazing season two we have had. And I can't wait to kick off season number three coming up in January of 2022. Now, if you loved the show, make sure that you are hitting the follow button on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure that you're following me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. Check me out on LinkedIn where I share tons of tips and tricks on how to lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And remember, in 2022, do not be a boring old commodity like coffee. I want you to make sure that you're leading with your brand and getting your next career breakthrough by ensuring that you are super premium like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.